This is a podcast from Rover. This is ASB's Level Up podcast. The masterclass for your money with Tegan Yorath. Today we are joined by ASB's investment expert, Nigel Grant. One of the best places to start is diversified funds so you get used to what the market does to your money. Because if you own a fund of a thousand companies, that's going to move around a whole lot less logically than one company. Before we get started, you need to know that the views in this podcast are those of the guests and hosts only. As everyone's circumstances differ, you should seek appropriate professional advice. Today on the show, we're taking a look at investments from crypto to NFTs to shares. Everyone seems to be investing and reaping the rewards. But is it really that simple? What are the watchouts? Where do we even start? In this episode, our ASV investment guru, Nigel Grant, gives his take on the ups and downs of getting into investing and explains how it all works. So welcome, Nigel. Welcome back, I should say. It's good to be back. Oh, that's good. And I feel like we're talking real shop today. We're talking real shop. Now, before we get started, started, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and your role at ASB. So uh, currently I'm the acting head of wealth product for ASB. Okay. So that looks after a lot of the nuts and bolts of all our wealth, things that customers would use. So it's a lot of official work, okay. important official work. Okay, important. That's all I needed to know. Right. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> so what was it that grew your interest in investing? I've got a, a very long term horizon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um my wonderful wife would probably say that I live in the future too much. Mm-hmm. And then I was always interested in those weird pages in the newspaper when they used to print it every day, like yeah. all those tables. Yeah. And I was like, what does that all mean? Um, so then just following that and then just went down the rabbit hole and never came out. Never came out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, when do you think is a good time for people to start thinking about investing? I do feel in 2022, people talk about it a lot more than I've ever heard it before. So yeah, when do you think is a good time to start? Well, younger the better, Okay. as cliche as it is. And mm-hmm. then the other point I had down was like, I've often heard the best time to start is yesterday. Yeah, I but like the, that. But the second best time is today. So it's never too late to start. I think one of the other things is to make sure you're in a good financial position before you kick mm-hmm. the tires on it. So mm-hmm. that might be looking at if you've got any high interest debt mm-hmm. first and stuff like that. But also the one option where to start would be KiwiSaver. Cool. You know, what? I do know people, I have a colleague who doesn't have a KiwiSaver and it gives me so much anxiety. Yeah, it's, well, it's not compulsory. Yeah. Like Australia, I think, is compulsory. And right. that's why they've grown this giant pot of money Yeah, for everyone. But no, it's there's still a few people out there who don't know what it is. And just can't be bothered, that's I guess. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so how does investing work? You're setting aside money now mm-hmm. to have more in the future. That's how I've always seen it. Like you're forgoing something today to be better off tomorrow. And using time to help you get there because time is the friend of investing. All right. I feel like I kind of get that. Since we're talking in layman's terms, how would you explain the share market to us in a really simple way? So the share market is part of a wider universe of other markets, like Mm -hmm. there's debt markets and things like that. The share market is basically a place where some companies make themselves open to other people owning them. Mm-hmm. So if you've got um, a company that wants to expand, they might say, we're going to offer up a bit of our ownership to the public. The public could be organisations, you, me, uh, and then it needs a place to list those shares mm-hmm. so you can see what that is valued at any time. Mm-hmm. And also it's a mechanism to raise other money as well. 
So the the company involved that is selling their shares, they mm. are you know doing that in order to get more money. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, yeah. Yep. But if you bought a share, what do you get out of it? Well, you are a owner of a business. Okay. So you get a claim on the assets of the business. Okay. Uh, and you, if the business is, makes a profit, mm-hmm. uh, and there's things like dividends, and you are have a share in the ownership of that profit. So you get a little bit of the, the yeah, putia, so, the money. Yeah, well, some companies, like a common thing is, is unprofitable companies that are all about growth, 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 growth. Mm-hmm. There's other ones who like uh, might just you know be slow and steady mm-hmm. and pay a dividend. Okay. But either way, you are an owner in that business. I look at it like you're less a icon or number on a screen mm-hmm. versus actually an owner of that business. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, I, I honestly don't get it. Like, I don't, like, it, I have tried to sort of understand it, but I still think I just don't. And, Not many people and, do. And that's, on, and that's on me. It's like one of those things that I'm sure the more time I invest into knowledge is the, the better understanding I'll have of it. Um, what is a dividend? If a company sets aside money it wants to pay to the owners or shareholders mm-hmm. a portion of its profit, some they might set aside to keep growing the business, like we have to buy a new factory or we have to buy mm-hmm. a new you know, plant or something. Um, we're going to also pay out as a reward for the investors mm-hmm. a portion of profits. Right, okay. So that's your dividend okay. you might get. And our dividends are quite commonly of more of interest to customers who may be at the retirement end right. of the investment lifetime mm-hmm. because they pay an income. And if I'm not got income coming in from like we work, yeah. I'm retired, that can be my income. Ah, oh, okay, okay, I've gotcha. And are there any watchouts to consider when entering this realm of things? Primarily the one I would say would be if you have any high interest debt, you could consider getting that under control first. For investing, have an idea of what your goal is. Right. Like as lame and as boring as they may, may seem versus YOLOing money on, you know, a <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to get, do you still use that? <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. the investment community uses that term, but it might have not be cool anymore. That's right. No, you're still cool. You're okay. still cool. Okay. You're fine. Phew, mm-hmm. phew. Um, so I have an idea of what your goal is: long term, short term, house, retirement, yeah, saving for kids' education. So have an idea of that. What you could be doing is getting your KiwiSaver set up as this is essentially for savings, and then just use lots of tools. Would it be right to say that coming in with a mindset into investing that you're only doing it for financial freedom is perhaps not the right framework? Or is it? What's financial freedom? You're doing it, it's like a get rich quick kind of thing. It depends what that, that goal is. If right. financial freedom is retiring at 50, you can work backwards from right. that. Okay. Like a bit more specific, or at 65, or financial freedom could be investing now to buy a business eventually so mm-hmm. I can be my own boss. Yeah. Um, I think there's also that movement around the FIRE movement. FIRE, which means financial independence, retire early. And so that's like saving every dollar you can and living off, you know, baked beans 24-7 so you can retire really early. Oh God, that's not living though. But then someone would argue working to your 65 isn't living either. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's all what your goal is. Each to their own. Okay. Yeah. Are personal goals and values important to consider when investing? Yes. Yep. I mean, personal goals, are, I think, are tied back to the, what your financial goals mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Values is probably what's emerged more and more over the last 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Before it was just make money. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like make money for some people, make money by also doing something else. Yeah. So no harm, investing in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So that is now getting more and more important for a greater group of people. But there are options available to do one, either, or together. Right. How do I know which stocks I should invest in and what should I be looking for? 
I've had people talk to me about this before and, like, I've had colleagues, you know, dabbled in, like, a little, one of those really low-key, like, New Zealand-owned investment platforms and, like, I'm like, oh, what the heck do I figure out? How do I even know what to invest in? And he goes, well, I know um, at this uh, chain restaurant, I think it was Taco Bell was opening. So I know that that's opening in New Zealand. So I'm going to invest in restaurant brands Mm -hmm. because surely that'll go up. But I'm like, where do you even find that information? So how do you know which stocks are good to invest in? I just put down, read, read, read. As unhelpful as that is, (laughs) just read and observe. One of the best places to start is diversified funds so you get used to what the market does to your money. Right. Because if you own a fund of a thousand companies, that's going to move around a whole lot less logically than one company. Right. So if you get used to that, Mm -hmm. then I think you can go further, as I said, down the rabbit hole and see what individual companies are. But again, like think less of those individual companies as numbers on a screen and stuff. But again, you're a part owner in that business. Can you go and visit Taco Bell? Mm-hmm. Is it busy? Yeah. Do you like the product? And then once you kind of get to know that part, you know, remember that you're an owner in that business. How does it make money? Mm-hmm. I often think if you're going to own individual things, be prepared to study up. Okay. Because otherwise you are guessing. Mm, that seems like what it would be for me if I ever did. <laughs> Just like, mm, gamble. <laughs> Give that one a go. Um, are there different ways someone can invest? So what are some of those options, you know, online platforms and anything mm-hmm. else? Well, you, you can do, there's direct ownership. Mm-hmm. So what we just talked about, about a particular company, you can do that through a number of platforms. You can go into self-serve into funds and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, there's a number of platforms out there. ASB does it. Um, but there's also at the other end of town, there's also fully advised. So you can have someone who provides advice to you at all times, mm-hmm. like in terms of they can, uh, they can suggest things for you to buy or you can just give over all your needs to them. And they just do it. And they just do it for you. Right. But um, those services are generally offered for customers who've got more funds at their disposal. Right, that makes sense. Uh, Is there any reason why someone shouldn't be thinking of investing? The first question is probably you should ask yourself along with like goal and what you're doing it for is how would this impact on my weekly budget? Mm -hmm. And my family, if I've got one, Mm -hmm. inflows, outflows, what would that do to you? And again, like when will I need this money? That's a critical thing. Mm -hmm. What you could be doing is getting your KiwiSaver set up. This is essentially for savings towards two key things. House or or retirement. The amount of people that wouldn't be saving that much if you didn't have KiwiSaver would be interesting to know. Yeah, and also like you don't even see it. Unless you look at your payslip, you're not actually seeing what KiwiSaver's taken. But also your work is matching your contributions as well. Most workplaces, right? They don't have to match. Oh, they don't have to match. But but they do um, have to put in. Mm. They do too. And I love every year when it's like, hey, you've made enough contribution, you get the money. And I'm like, yeah. yeah and you go locked until <laughs> yeah. 65. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, maybe earlier if I managed to afford yeah. a home here in Auckland, but um, we'll see about that. Can you explain the difference between a long-term approach versus a short-term approach to investing? Short-term to me is anything less than two years. But again, this is different to every person. I think long-term's anything from five, 10 years up. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that I look at early in the morning and with like US markets and things like that, you know, their short term is hours or mm. minutes. Yeah. You know, and there's a book you can read about how they laid all this high, really expensive fibre in the States to make sure that their computer was talking faster to the exchanges. We're talking milliseconds. Yeah. That's short term to someone. So it's all different to every person. But I think, you know, there's trading, which is short term, mm-hmm. and there's investing for mm. the long term. Could one be more effective than the other? I think for the majority of people, 
long-term investing is best. Okay. Yeah. Removing as much of your human tendencies out mm. of it as possible. Okay. Because, like, the more you watch it, A, it takes away from you from doing stuff that's more productive. Yeah. And, like, you know, things that actually count. What's happening right now? I'm being present. Yeah, yeah present. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, family mates. But also it allows the effect of compounding in the market to do its job. Right. Okay. That's what, again, go back to KiwiSaver. That's, mm. you can't touch it. Yeah. So Literally. let it do its work. Market volatility. What does that mean? <laughs> so volatility is basically the change in price or value of something. Right. Okay. So the market moves around every day, you know, based on buyers and sellers, right? Mm. What they're willing to pay. And one of the greatest investment books of all time talks about Mr. Market, right? Mm-hmm. And Mr. Market every day wakes up and one day they're an optimist. The yeah. world is doing so great. I'm going to pay whatever I want for this thing. The next day they'll wake up and go, the world's over. Mm-hmm. And it's your job to see through that because that is millions of people either side trying to make a judgment call. But volatility is basically the summation of their view that day on what's happening. Okay. The example that's really good for volatility is like share markets and things, you're quoted something every time you want to look at it. Real-time prices. Okay. Your house doesn't have a price listed on its letterbox. No. Constantly going up and down. Yeah. If you did, you'd be like, oh, someone next door sold for less than I thought, which means my house price has gone down in value. Mm. You don't see it, you don't worry about it. Yeah. You let time do its job. Okay. That actually made sense. That The example of the house, I get it. Okay. okay I get it. <laughs> How do we manage it? Volatility. Yeah. Get a good hobby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that you're, you're not watching it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like at the moment, this year, the market generally has been really tough. Mm-hmm. The market's gone up for a few years post kind of COVID. And now this year, it's there's a negative bent to the market. So it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's offering more attractive prices to a okay. long-term investor. Yeah. As, as unscientific as it is, Having other ways to occupy yourself, if you're really into it, mm-hmm. is key. Because yep. the more you look at something, the more you're going to either convince yourself that you need to change strategy that was set up for you because you had the goal, mm-hmm. and you'll find ways to convince yourself, oh, I probably should get that money out. Yeah, Time in the market is better than timing the market. Oh, I like that. What should we consider when looking at performance and fees? Performance you want to look at long-term track record of performance. Okay. So less about periods under one year and monthly things. People talk about three months, one month. You know, look for performance over the long term, particularly okay. if you're a KiwiSaver, because that long-term performance is going to be the thing that gets you to your goal. Mm-hmm. One of the best places to start, so sorted.org, I think it is, is a really, really great resource. They have a great fun finder tool, which basically brings all the funds in the market together yeah. and really makes it simple to look at and see what the fund you're looking at is doing for fees, performance, and ranks them all. Okay, inflation. Very hot topic here in Aotearoa right now. How does it work and what is the situation here in NZs? I have one word for it. I feel like it's dire. <laughs> when I look at when I see numbers on paper, I'm like, hold on a minute. When Consumer NZ are like releasing figures, I'm like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, well, inflation is the is the rate of change of a good or service, right? Mm. Basically, a basket of goods and services. That what's the what's the month on month change? Inflation is high at the moment, but worldwide. Mm-hmm. So if people tell you it's not. It's just a New Zealand problem. It's not the case. It really is kind of like a silent tax 
on your earnings. Mm. So if, if generally inflation is running at 8 or 7 or 6%, next year, the same time, you're going to have 8 or 6 or 7% less Money in purchasing your power. Right, okay. Yeah, so it really does affect everyone, mm. um, particularly those on lower incomes. What's the difference between term deposits and investment funds? Term deposits, it's one of the safer savings mm-hmm. options for you. Okay. Uh, it's where you provide your savings to a bank like yep. us, and we take that as a deposit, funnily enough, mm-hmm. and then give you an interest rate on it. And then after, it has a certain term to it, so it could be six months to five years, mm-hmm. and then the bank will pay you the interest rate on a nominated sort of regular period. Investment funds are typically, you put your money in in a pool with other investors Mm -hmm. and you own a massively variable range of different things in that investment fund. Okay. So if we talk about our own funds, you own a portion of things we talked about today, shares, fixed income investments, and things like that. So that investment funds are the backbone of KiwiSaver. Okay. Whereas term deposits are typically owned, um, offered by banks and things like that. Okay. Investment mistakes, what have you seen or learned along the way? I personally think investing should be boring. The more boring it is, the probably better you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think there is a common mistake where you think something is an investment, but it was a trade. And you need to know the difference. When you get it twisted, it can come back to burn you. Mm -hmm. Not knowing your goal and what you're there for is another critical thing because then you're not investing. You're just... You're just playing around. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I think... I think also not having a long, that's where the long-term mindset comes because then there's this graph that's printed on my um, bedroom wall. Mm. It's not, but it's a wonderful graph. And it's kind of like a charts from like 1926 all the way to today. And the mark, it just goes basically bottom left, top right. But on that graph is every single major event that's happened since then. Wow. Like September 11, mm-hmm. this crisis, this thing, World War II. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this is a major thing. The market sells off. Mm-hmm. But that person who stayed the course all through that benefited from that movement. Oh, wow. And that's the thing I think that people forget is like in the moment, something feels like the sky is falling. Mm. But generally, it's not. You just got to wait it out. Yeah. Okay. And that's where knowing time frame, the right product for you is critical. Great information. Who should we be talking to about investing? Experts. And where yeah. can you get access to experts? Anywhere? Well, I think that the, the easiest way, again, is to read, read, read and just mm-hmm. do, you know, homework um, and start out with some books. And, I mean, we're on one, but podcasts yeah. are a real good way to just, you pick it up by listening, mm-hmm. um, even if it's on your commute or doing some other job. I think digital tools, because there's enough of them out there, are a really good place to you can put in your details and it will help you understand what your situation will look like rather than just someone else's or, you know, that's not as applicable or personal to you. After that, I would speak to someone. Okay. They can help you out. Am I in the right fund? Okay, cool. What is my long-term plan? Mm-hmm. But then after that, depending on, again, how much you've got, you can speak to someone like a wealth manager or a wealth advisor out there and they will, while it's restricted to people who've got a bit more money, but they can do things like um, comprehensive and full advice. Right. All right, thank you so much, Nigel, for coming through. I felt like some of those were pretty high-pressure questions, but I think you managed it all right. And uh, I hope anyone else has learnt uh, even just a little bit about investing today. And if you want any more info, you can head to ASB Money Space. 
ASB's Level Up podcast. A masterclass for your money. Search ASB Money Space for all the tips and tools you need to get started.